1: netsuite.com slash hollywood netsuite.com
0: slash hollywood i'm not sure i'm going to be able to get violet out of here she's very engaged with your puppy
1: (laughs) well you need to go now if you're going to get home in time for our call with mina i
0: know okay time to go Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living in Ojai, which is outside of Los Angeles. And with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Liz.
1: That's me, Liz Kraft. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is
0: life in Los Angeles. Today, we're going to talk about boundaries. Then we have a mailroom question about how to transition from unscripted to scripted television. And we're going to talk to
1: our brand new assistant, Lauren Conascenti, who had hands down the best recommendations of anyone we've ever hired. (laughs) Plus, we have a thankful Hollywood hack.
0: Yes, because it's Thanksgiving today. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. Yes, uh, we have so many things to be thankful for this year, Liz, but a really big one for both of us is that our kids recently got the first dose of the COVID vaccine and we both got our boosters.
1: Yes, it is such a huge relief, Sarah, like... It's just a mental weight off that you don't even know you're carrying around. (laughs)
0: Exactly. Yeah. So Violet will get her second shot, I think, later this month. And then, huh, big, deep breath. Yes. Yes. And knock on wood, we are feeling ready for a
1: very happy holiday season, although busy. (laughs) Busy, but happy. Yes. And Sarah, we also have an exciting update for our listeners. I want to announce that my sister Gretchen, who I co-host Happier with Gretchen Rubin with, has a new app, the Happier app, and it's free for three months. So go get it, no cost, for three months. And it's really a place where you can do all of the action items that we're always <laughs> uh, talking about. You can track your habits, you can get inspiration, you can have accountability. Plus, there's a really fun feature called spin the wheel where you just spin this wheel and it's full of five minute happiness challenges, which is a great thing to do if you're working from home and you just like want a break, but you don't want to, you know, go eat a bag of chips. You can just
0: spin the happiness wheel. Yeah, that was really fun. I was I got very lucky. I got to help beta test the app. And I was like, oh, I guess I'm going to have to go read a book for five minutes. Yes, yes. <laughs> One of them is Adjust Your Posture, which I
1: desperately oh, need. Oh, I'm doing that right now. But anyway, it's super fun. So go check out the Happier app. And oh. Sarah, of course, we have to remind everyone that our Fantasy Island holiday special will be out December 21st
0: on Fox, and it's delightful. I'm so excited for that. That'll be really fun. Okay, Liz, it's time for From the Treadmill Desks of, where we talk about what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it is boundaries.
1: Yes, boundaries, especially (laughs) our work boundaries. Yes. Last season on Fantasy Island, we just couldn't have boundaries. It was... The way that just we started with a straight-to-series order and a rush to shoot, we just had to go, 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 and keep going and not stop and not have any boundaries. For months. For months. (laughs) I mean, we, as I know we have mentioned several times, we only had one day off in five months. Yeah, um, that was yeah. rough.
0: It was it was rough, and we can't do it again. Like, it was so bad for us physically, mentally. Like, it just kind of sucked the life out of us. And and it's just not possible to do that twice in a row. No,
1: and Sarah, as you know, I'm a type 1 diabetic, so I really do have to watch my health. And it my um, A1C, which is kind of the number that you use to judge how you're doing, went up a lot last yeah. spring when we were and summer when we were without boundaries on the show. Yes. So I just I have to keep a lid on that.
0: Absolutely. And I did I tell you my doctor told me that I aged 15 years between two <laughs> blood tests according to my um my numbers. Yes. I was like she goes, it's reversible. But yes. this is what happened. So yes. Not um not as significant as A1c but I it, it was a little jarring to hear yes well I'm
1: sure I aged 15 years as well. <laughs> okay so this year we're gonna have boundaries otherwise known as self-preservation yes because Sarah I mean the truth is and 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 we may have talked about this before in our industry, people and really corporations, they yeah. just always want more from you for less money. Yes. And this has been true since we started our career. It's it's no one company or one person. It's it's the nature of the business. And it's probably the nature of many businesses. Well, yes, this is just the one we're experiencing. Yes.
0: <laughs> and you know, corporations don't care about whether you're sleeping or eating well or exercising or seeing your children. Right. So, we have to care about that stuff. We all sort of individually have to take that on. So, Liz, how are we planning to draw boundaries? Yes. Well, one thing is to say no to
1: unreasonable or unnecessary requests. Like, some things just are not necessary to do. Some things are not possible to do. And unlike in the past, we're going to actually draw the line and just say they're not possible
0: rather than try to do something that we know we can't actually do. Right. Or that will just add stress to our lives unnecessarily. Yes. Or just um, spend a lot of time that we don't yes, have to spend. Exactly. And then something else we're going to do is push harder for things we need. You know, because of COVID and budget stuff, we don't have an office season two on Fantasy Island. So something that we've pushed for is lunch for the writers on the two days a week that we meet in person. Your your fire pit is basically yes. our office. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of money is being saved on a lot of things, but yes. we're like, nope, we want lunches paid for on those yes. two days. Thank you. Yes.
1: Um, And also, we are taking off weekends. Now, will there come a time in the not too distant future where we work on weekends? Yes. But we don't need to work just to work. We are going to try, to the best of our ability, to assume we're not working weekends. And if we have to work, then we will. But last year, we assumed we were working every day. And if we wanted to take two hours off, we would plan it like weeks in advance.
0: Now, we are already, I will confess, talking about working with a friend of ours on the weekend because we have been trying for years, literally, to do something with her. And now we finally wrangled her into doing a freelance episode. Yes. And we're like, you know what? But it'll be fine. The kids can play in the pool. We can hang out at the fire pit. It'll be like pleasant work on the weekend.
1: Also, Sarah, it is Thanksgiving and the holidays are upon us and we have both chosen days that we are definitively taking off
0: over the holidays. Yes.
1: And it's not just Christmas. It's other <laughs> days
0: as well. Yes. You have a group of days you're taking off. I have a group of days I'm taking off. And we didn't sort of try to align them. They're the no. days that work for you and the days that work for me. Yes. And I may be working on your days and you may be, may be working on yes. my days. And that's okay. But we're, we're both going to have our specific time off. Yes.
1: And then Sarah, this is a big one. And I think for everybody who, you know, is in our situation, which as you said is many people in many businesses. Yeah. It's remembering that sometimes an email doesn't need a response or the response can wait. Last season, you and I would be answering emails at 1 in the morning, 6 in the morning, <laughs> you know, whenever. Now I think we can say, okay, we'll respond to that tomorrow when when we're talking to each other, rather than getting on the phone at 11 p.m. and going through this whole... Conversation. What do we, need, how should we approach this?
0: Yes, we can just not answer right away. Yes. And then this is a big one for me. And I'm saying it out loud because I've already pushed several doctor's appointments, but I want to go to the doctor when I need to go to the doctor and not reschedule appointments. Again, I've already failed to I do know, this. Sarah, I was going to say, <laughs> I even said to you, it seems like you're rescheduling a lot of doctor's appointments. Yeah. So I, I'm just putting it. Out there, that from now on, these appointments that I have rescheduled, I'm going to stick with the rescheduled time. Good. Okay. I'm going to hold you to that. Okay. Thank you.
1: And then, of course, Sarah, we have our boundary mantra. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I don't eat pie. Yes. When we need to remind ourselves to respect our own boundaries, that's what we say. And it comes from this idea that when you are making television and I'm sure this again is true in many different types of businesses For sure. When you get in our case another season, it's like winning a pie eating contest and the prize is more pie. It's like, "Oh, you were so stressed and and uh, you know, overwhelmed and overworked last season. Well, guess what? You get to do it again." Woo-hoo. Yay! And of course, it is our greatest wish in life to have a season two, or maybe not the greatest, you know, second to our children. It's health, up there. Let's say. Yeah. So we're thrilled we have a season two, but again, we can't just have it be more pie. We need to wrap our hands around it and and wrestle it down <laughs> and take control.
0: Yes. So that's what we're saying now. We just say, oh, look, we've gotten this email to do this thing and or this request has come up, we're just gonna say, oh, thank you, but I don't eat pie. That's right. We'll have some nice tea instead. Yes. So listeners, do you have strategies for setting boundaries? We are always looking for boundary setting strategies. So please let us know, email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com.
1: Coming up, a listener wants some advice on getting into scripted TV, but first this break. Okay, it's time for our mailroom segment where we answer a listener question. This week, it's a question about getting into scripted television. Torrance says, I'm a 34-year-old unscripted TV producer at a crossroads living in LA. I got into this business because I wanted to tell stories, inspire, stretch the limits of my creativity and make a name for myself. But in my opinion, unscripted doesn't quite allow for that, at least not in the same way scripted TV does. With scripted, audiences see themselves inside the characters. Writers and producers of scripted TV get to mine their lives and imagination for story. And some storytellers like Issa Rae and Aaron Spelling as a throwback get Mm -hmm. to become names. Who besides Andy Cohen is a real unscripted name? So I'm wondering, how might there be a way for me to transition to scripted TV without having to throw away the ladder I've climbed so far? Is there a way or is there a real way to do both? Thanks. Well, I Mm -hmm. don't think you can really do both.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that would be really hard. I can't even imagine it. Yeah. And we have talked about getting into scripted TV and transitioning from unscripted to scripted before, but we have gotten a few listener questions on this subject lately. So we thought this was a good time to review the big picture answers to this. Yes, Which really, I mean, it all comes down to relationships. It's interesting that he mentions his age um, Mm. because in Hollywood, that is relevant. Right. But he's already in TV and he's already in L.A. Yes. So that's a good start. Yes.
1: And the other thing is, because he's done all this unscripted TV, that it does give you a lot of experience about story and structure and act breaks and things that would translate to scripted TV quite well. Absolutely. And producing, of course. I mean, so much about being a TV writer is producing. And if unscripted people um, know about anything, I think it's it's producing and producing on a budget and under a lot of time constraints.
0: So I think a lot of that experience will translate. Yes. Ultimately, I mean, the biggest thing is just to make an effort to network with people who work in scripted TV. Ultimately, it'll just come down to making a relationship with someone who wants to give you a chance. Yes. And will you have to go down the ladder?
1: Yes, you will. I mean, there's no way that you will come in at the level you're at in a career you've been doing for years. However, the good news is you can ascend the ladder in television very quickly. Yes, If you're a great writer, if you have great producing skills, if you're great in the room, you can go from staff writer to executive producer extremely quickly. I mean, an example we have of that, Sarah, is someone we worked with named Alex Carey on a show called Lie to Me. Alex, I think when first season that we were on the show together, he was a story editor, maybe an executive story editor. Mm -hmm. And... By the next year, he was practically running the
0: show. Yes. And it was just he had a particular skill set that was just right for that show. And he just whoosh went right up the ladder and has stayed there. So it definitely happens. Yes. Yes. Now, of
1: course, you can also end up being a writer's assistant for nine years and not ascending the ladder. And if that happens, then you have to evaluate what could you be doing differently to climb the ladder? Um, but that's a whole separate topic.
0: Yes. And the hard thing is that, yes, part of it is talent. Part of it is just skills. But a lot of it is just luck and hustle. Yes. And that combination, you just can't predict how it's all going to play out.
1: It's very true. But I do think if someone has risen through the ranks of uh, unscripted, then they've probably got a lot of hustle. Yes, absolutely. Now, the key thing to do, of course, is to write scripts and be critical of them and make them better. And, you know, material is undeniable. Yes, yes.
0: And we always think that the best way to get great material is to have a writer's group of smart people who will tell you the truth. A lot of people sort of have someone read their script, and if they don't get feedback that they like, it's like, well, harumph, you know, yeah. they must be wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's like, probably, if you're having the right people read, probably they're right, and you should just take the bitter pill and- Do not be precious. Keep working. Do Do not not be be precious. precious.
1: Also, we tell everybody read Jenna Fisher's book. And we got another listener question about that, wanting to know what the book was. It's called The Actor's Life, A Survival Guide, but it applies to everyone pursuing a creative career. It is such a fantastic book. Cannot
0: recommend it highly enough. Yes. And our next guest may have some advice that is relevant to this question as well. Yes, it is time for
1: From the Outer Office of, where we talk to assistants, usually ours, about where they've been and where they want to go. Today, we're talking to our brand new assistant, as in she hasn't even been (laughs) our assistant for a week yet, Lauren Connascenti.
0: Lauren was born and raised in Amish country where the closest movie theater was an hour away. She became enchanted with the box in the basement, the television. She now writes swashbuckling, lady driven genre shows reminiscent of the syndicated action adventure blocks she grew up watching on Saturday afternoons leaving her small town of 8000 for a city of $9 million. Conascenti earned her BFA in film and television from NYU's Tisch School of the Arts. After a decade in New York, she moved to Los Angeles where she's been called a darkly dressed ray of sunshine. Lauren recently advanced to the second round of the 2021 Warner Brothers Television Writers Workshop and has served as support staff on Fox's Lethal Weapon, The CW's Jane the Virgin, USA's Dare Me, and Lifetime's Highway to Heaven. She's thrilled thrilled. This is the end of her bio, Liz. I like it already. Yes. She's thrilled to be working with Liz and Sarah as showrunner's assistant on season two of Fantasy Island. <laughs> Welcome, Lauren. Hi, Liz. Hi. Hi, Sarah. Welcome. Hi. Thank you so
2: much for having me.
0: We're
1: thrilled you're here. So, okay, Lauren, we received recommendation letters from two people about you that were truly the most glowing recommendations (laughs) we have ever received. I mean, we couldn't not hire you. It was (laughs) to that degree.
0: Yes, It was just
1: a done deal before we even met you. (laughs) So for the other assistants out there who are listening to this podcast, what did you do that? compelled your former bosses to write these genuinely heartfelt and raving letters about you. What do you think it is?
2: Um. Well, you know, I, I don't want to immediately take the attention off of me, but I do think it's a very big credit to them as well. Just being very good people who are very busy and willing to take the time out of their days and schedules to to you know write those letters. So I think I think that's one part of it. And in terms of what I did, I just always try to approach things from a very thorough and friendly way and I try to do the best job that I can.
0: Yeah, that was my question. It's like do you have sort of a philosophy of assisting that others can learn from because we have a lot of listeners mm-hmm. who are sort of climbing through the ranks, right, in Hollywood. Sure what can they be doing? What can we learn, all of
2: us, frankly, yes.
0: from from your yes. approach to <laughs> <Yes>. work?
2: <laughs> yeah, of course. I don't know that I'm a particularly philosophical person, but I will say that I'm a visual person. And in terms of like a good visual to like kind of compare to assisting in general is, you know, whether you're support staff on a show or whether you're doing personal assisting or whether you're in production, any kind of assisting really, there are always going to be a lot of moving parts and all of those different pieces you could kind of think of as bricks. And as an assistant, it's your job to be the mortar. And the sturdier the mortar, the bigger the house that you can build. Um, And at the same time, it's also kind of your job to be looking out for the cracks in in the mortar that's already there. So you want to kind of you know, keep everything sturdy, keep everything growing, and, uh, and kind of just build up together.
1: That is a great uh, visual. One thing, Lauren, that really struck us about these recommendation letters was how much the people you worked for want you to thrive and succeed and move on, And they were really crushed to say goodbye to you, but they cared about you enough that they said, well, this seems like a good opportunity for growth, so we're going to do everything we can to help Lauren. And I think like people maybe don't realize how much, if you really are an amazing assistant, even if you're doing work that you may not want to do, you know, it's not always glamorous to take a lunch order, it, it, how much impact it can have on, on the people who you're working for, and then they, in turn, will do whatever they can to help you. Not that it's so transactional, but in a way, Hollywood runs on favors, and so it
2: really matters. Sure. And I think everything is reciprocal as well. You know, like if, if somebody is seeing that you're doing a good job and like, I've, For example, I've been in a a managerial position before. I used to run small kind of productions back in New York, you know, tiny crews of 15 or 20 people doing national spots or branded content and stuff like that. And so you kind of see when, you know, when people are doing a good job, you want to let them know if they're interested in exploring other things, you want to try to facilitate that. So I have been in that position as well, where I have attempted Mm. to, you know, get people where they're trying to go. So I I appreciate, you know, when it's done for me and, and I try to do it for other People as well,
0: Lauren. Do you have advice for people who are just starting out? We we answered a mailroom question um, right before you came on from someone who is transitioning from unscripted to scripted, mm-hmm. and he's kind of higher on the ladder. Which is interesting. It goes to what you were just talking about. And he's saying, like, am I going to have to move to a different position on the ladder if I'm moving to a different place? Like, for someone like him, who, like you, has been in a managerial spot and is now like, okay, I'm going to have to start over here. Mm -hmm. What's your advice for him and for others in that position?
2: Yeah, specifically for scripted, um, you know, I think you have to write, (laughs) that's the biggest Mm -hmm. thing. If you don't have any samples, start on those. And if you can do that, from a place where uh, the cost of living is cheaper, you know, before you make that move to LA, if you're not already mm. here, right where the rent is cheap <laughs> is big advice for me. I did not do that. I came out from from New York, so. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but if you can, start there, and then once you're out here, once you have that portfolio and once you have that those samples that both you and strangers have said, yeah, you know, this is pretty good. And that might take you a while to get to that point, but once you get out here, take every opportunity, meet everyone you can because you never know how those pieces are going to fall. People are are going to, you know, move on and get promoted and that kind of stuff. And I think if you look to the people next to you, you're all going to rise together. So connect with the people at your level. And I would say it's it's a long game in terms of the networking that you're doing. And and you have to be genuine with your, your relationships as well, right? Like you genuinely want to see your peers succeed. And I think it's really exciting. And all that time that you're, you're taking networking and, and working on your samples... You know, you're basically preparing for when you do get an opportunity, that opportunity is going to happen very quickly. So you want to be ready. It's those years of breaking in that get you ready for the, the big break.
0: That is great advice.
2: Yes, fantastic. We always say people
1: succeed in groups. Yeah. Yes. Um, and it's completely. really true. So it's not that there isn't enough to go around. It's the opposite. It's the more people you know who are succeeding, the more likely you are to succeed as well. Yes.
0: Well, Lauren, it's Thanksgiving. So we have to say we are very thankful to Liz and Catherine for recommending you. Yes,
2: I'm thankful (laughs) to them and to you guys. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) And we're so happy to have you on Fantasy Island. I'm thrilled to be here. It's been a blast. The first week has been fantastic. Oh, good.
1: (laughs) Speaking of thankful, coming up, we have a gratitude hack. But first, this break.
0: Okay, Liz, it's time for this week's Hollywood hack. It is a gratitude hack, as is fitting for Thanksgiving. Write a gratitude six-word memoir. Yes, and I got
1: this idea because Gretchen and I, on episode 352 of Happier, had Larry Smith on, and he created this idea of six-word memoirs. And he was saying you can do them about anything. You could do a pandemic six-word memoir or a marriage six-word memoir, whatever you want. And so we thought, well, let's do a gratitude six-word memoir in honor of Thanksgiving.
0: It's such a just
1: fun exercise.
0: Yes. So should I share mine? What my my six-word gratitude memoir is? Vaccinated child, we're going to Disneyland. Oh, I love (laughs) it. And Sarah, mine is Fantasy
1: Island Season Two with Sarah.
2: Yay!
1: Hey. <laughs> Yeah, I just think it's so fun and it just kind of crystallizes where you're at in any given moment. So I would love to hear from listeners their gratitude six-word memoirs, and we can read them on an upcoming episode of the podcast.
0: Oh, that would be great. I love that idea.
1: It's kind of like one-word themes of the year. Like, I just can't get enough. I just love them. (laughs)
0: All right. We'll have a whole special segment coming up of, yes. of everyone's gratitude six word memoirs. Yes. And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. For questions or comments, email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and please follow us if you haven't already. Thank you to Lauren Conescenti for joining us today. Thank you to our executive producer,
1: Chuck Reed. We are very grateful for him as well. Thank you to everyone at Sancola
0: Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project.
1: Listen to the other Onward Project podcasts. Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, Do the Thing with Whole 30's Melissa Urban, and Everything
0: Happens with Kate Bowler. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at S and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fane. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. People who work in scripted TV. Um, Sorry, my dog is scratching the couch behind me. I'm I'm trying to stop him. (laughs) Cheesy, lay down.
2: From the Onward Project.